Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. I hope everyone had a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. This is episode number 25, recorded on May the 13th, 2019, from Citizen Square in downtown Fort Wayne. On today's episode, I'm thrilled to welcome someone who has made a tremendous impact on Fort Wayne. I'm guessing that you may know who it is. It's a pleasure to welcome the founder and CEO of Sweetwater and Fort Wayne native Chuck Surak to the program. Chuck, thanks so much for coming in today. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Happy to be here. Chuck, I, uh, there's a number of questions that I'd like to ask you because undoubtedly you're the, the talk of the town in many circles, from your philanthropic work to, to the businesses that you've engaged in and obviously to Sweetwater Sound itself one of the largest, if not the largest, music distributor over the internet in the entire country. And, and what a pleasure it is to have you in Fort Wayne. Uh, but early this year, Sweetwater did celebrate its 40th anniversary. You have come a long way from working out of your VW bus, and you may want to share that story with the listening public. But did you ever think your company would grow into what it is today? No, there's no way I could have ever envisioned <laughs> the kind of success and growth. And I give a lot of credit to the community of Fort Wayne. Uh, they've been so supportive through my 40 years. And I started very humbly in that VW bus. It was a <laughs> hand-me-down from my parents. It was one of the few things they gave me. They didn't have a lot of money. Uh, but that bus my mom had wrecked. And uh, so they gave me the bus at age 15, and I learned how to repair it. So I put uh, two gallons of Bondo in the front of it. <laughs> and then I put some headlights from Tractor Supply that looked like bug eyes. And then I spray painted it with 99 cent cans of blue spray paint from Kmart. And I could have never envisioned, you know, today we have 1,700 employees. We are the number one in the whole United States. We sell more music gear than anyone across the country. It just amazes me. You started off, though, actually uh, doing taping in the bus, didn't you? Didn't you help artists uh, put their music on tape? That's exactly correct. I had been on the road as a musician. I play saxophone and keyboards, and I came home and started the recording studio with that same VW bus that I was on the road with. And I would pull the bus alongside the churches and the nightclubs and the schools, and I'd run 100 feet of microphone cables in, and I would mic up the band or the choir or the preacher or the, the company business head or maybe something for an advertising agency. And then I would sit in the bus with my headphones and record them. And I would take those recordings once we were finished to the living room of my 12 by 55 very modest mobile home, and that's where I edited them and recorded, you know, made them sound better and that sort of thing. And it's just been a, an amazing, amazing journey. Well, obviously, you have to have a, a uh, not only a, a desire and a passion to get into this kind of business, but an ear for music and the ability to, to stay with it, the, the stamina and patience you must have had uh, to, to stick with it. Uh, it's phenomenal. But you mentioned the, your, your music. Now, lots of people do know that you're uh, an accomplished businessman and, and uh, 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 philanthropist, uh, but you mentioned the fact that you play saxophone. I have heard you on several occasions, uh, but you do play the saxophone, and, and I know you played the other night at a function that um, my wife and I were at, and, and again, you, you uh, just tore the place up as far as, as the music. But uh, uh, tell us a little bit more about your band. Actually, you have two bands. Uh, Sweetwater All-Stars is the one that I've, I've heard, but why don't you tell us a little bit about 
your the the music part of you. Sure. Well, that's the roots of how I started, and it's still a it's a great release from my day job, if you will. And so I love playing music, and I play in two different groups, as you mentioned. One is a trio called Prime Time, and uh, I play saxophone, keyboards, and flute. And we have another guy that plays uh, trumpet and trombone and keyboards, and and a phenomenal female vocalist. And we use a lot of background tracks, but we play live also. And we do about 650 songs, very popular songs, songs that people know. We play several times a month at a couple different nightclubs and some private parties and that sort of thing. And then the band that I'm also having a lot of fun with are the Sweetwater All-Stars. And with the success of Sweetwater, we've been able to bring musicians in from literally all over the country. And we've got a rhythm section. Most of them came out of Nashville, but very, very famous players. Uh, they have their own Grammy Awards and Dove Awards and just phenomenal musicians, some of the best musicians I've ever played with. And we put a band together a couple years ago called the Sweetwater All-Stars. And we do a lot of 60s and 70s rhythm and blues, soul music. Music that's just fun, fun that people love to dance to and listen to, and just a lot, a lot of fun. Let me put you on the spot. What, what's your favorite type of music? You know, people ask me that question, and, and honest to goodness, I love all kinds of great music. Uh, if you got in my car and went across the presets, you would see I went from country to talk to the oldie stuff. Uh, <laughs> if I went to Sirius, I'd even have some jazz channels on there. So I really love any music that's done well. Much of what you've done... Chuck has required uh, really a great amount of discipline. Uh, there's no way you could have done what you have done without having uh, a real sense of discipline and stamina. And you often give credit to the fact you were a Boy Scout. And I have heard you on several occasions not only say you were a Boy Scout, but you were able to go through. Uh, everything from trustworthy uh, to, to being loyal and the like. Uh, so I, it's obviously it, it played, a, it played a, uh, an into, uh, into a life of yours that, uh, uh, that was very, um, very profound. Can you tell us a little bit more about why Boy Scouts were important to you then and now? Sure. So I grew up in a family with four brothers and sisters, and uh, you know, every family have have their strong points, and as a family, you always have your weak points. And I will tell you, I think my thing with Boy Scouts was a little bit of an escape. Uh, I had brothers and sisters that had other issues and other challenges, and, and mine was a way to escape a little bit into Scouts. And uh, it was just a great learning experience for me. Today, Scouts are maybe not as popular as they used to be, uh, but what you talked about and what I pronounce all the time are the Boy Scout law or the principles. Mm -hmm. And a Boy Scout learns that they're trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, clean, brave, and reverent. Those are amazing principles to run your personal life by, which is what scouting intends them to be. But I think they're also amazing principles to run your professional life by. Trustworthy, loyal, I mean, I won't go through the list again, but uh, those are just great principles to run your business, and, and they really did set up the backbone uh, or the structure for me. And the other thing you learn in scouting is to always give back, always to help others leave the place better than you found it. And I firmly, firmly believe of those principles today. People may not realize that we've had several U.S. presidents who were Eagle Scouts. Eagle Scouts is a very honorable, it's one of the few things you can put on your uh, resume for the rest of your life. I wish I could tell you I got my Eagle Scout. I got all the way to the end. I had every required merit badge. I'd done everything I needed to do except for one little special community project, which is maybe why I feel guilty and still do things. But uh, if I'd have built park benches or cleaned up trash along the road, I had my Eagle Scout. Instead, I met my first girlfriend, and she derailed my uh, scouting career. 
I'll bet you, though, if you appeal to the Boy Scouts of America today, they might, they might give you one. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, several months ago, Chuck, you announced a major construction project that's going to be on your property, and, and not only a new building, which is going to be of significant size, but a number of other uh, things that will come about as, as a result of what you're going to be doing. Can you, can you tell the listening public a little bit more about the project and what's going to happen to your staff as a result? Absolutely. You know, our business has been growing just tremendously fast. In fact, we've been growing 20 to 25% a year. And that means in less than four years, less than four years, you double in size. And I can look back at our recent history, and that's been pretty true to form. And if I have a fault, is I've been pretty conservative and probably haven't built as big anticipating that growth. And you know, on the one hand, it's a little bit arrogant to think you're going to continue to grow. On the other hand, when you have the history behind you, it's a little bit short-sighted. And I've probably been a little short-sighted, not build as much as I needed. Uh, but with that kind of growth, um, we are just out of space in our building. We have four smaller warehouses that add up to about 130,000 square feet. But uh, we're building a brand new 400,000 square foot distribution center. And uh, it's well underway. The steel's up. In fact, just this week, we're going to have a steel topping party. And the goal would be that the building would be online next March or so. We're also in the process, just about done with the design, to build a big convention center, uh, somewhat similar to the Miro Center. And I've talked to the folks at Parkview to make sure we're not competing with them in any way. But we need a space like that for our own internal purposes. And then when we're not using it, we're going to make it available to the community. Wow. With that new warehouse, it's been a little bit misleading because we talked last year about a thousand new jobs. Some of those jobs will be in the warehouse, but frankly, most of the jobs are going to be higher end jobs in the rest of our building. So there'll be sales jobs, uh, they'll be in our marketing department, clearly in the computer and IT departments where lots of opportunities are today. And I'm also happy to say that we announced that last October, we've already hired 250 of the thousand we said we were going to hire. So it's pretty exciting. Our future looks really, really bright. You know, Chuck, it, it, uh, uh, it's fascinating to me the comments you just made as far as the employees that you're going to be hiring and the wages that you're going to be paying because, as you know, uh, because you're part of Greater Fort Wayne and, and the Northeast Area Partnership, that's one area of concern that they've expressed over and over again, that we have a number of jobs in Northeast Indiana, but we're still too far behind the rest of the country when it comes to the wages themselves. And I know how much you pay your staff members, and I know the benefits that you offer. Uh, if there's anyone that can help move that needle up, uh, it's you and what you're, what you're putting together for our city. So obviously, thank, thank you for that. Beyond Sweetwater Sound, you have a number of other business ventures. In fact, if I can plug this on the side, I had a chance to talk to a CNN the other day about you. Believe it or not, they, CNN contacted me and, and wanted to know about uh, this gentleman by the name of Chuck Surak in Fort Wayne, Indiana, who has made such, or has such a profound effect on the music industry uh, nationally, that they wanted to know a little bit more about you. And not only the business uh, that is your primary area of focus, but you have a number of other ventures in the city from, uh, from Sweetwater cars to aviation. Can you talk about a few of those? Would you be 
open to talking about this? Sure. I'm sort of embarrassed that I can't tell you exactly how many I own, but um, it's pretty simple for me. I, I want to find ways to give back, and I just believe I've been so blessed that that uh, I want to share. And, and, and creating jobs in our community is one of the highlights for me. And so there is sweet aviation. We teach people how to fly airplanes and helicopters, and we rent airplanes and helicopters. And uh, we've owned that business now for about seven years or so, and it's doing really, really well out at Smithfield. Sweet Cars is a business we started uh, to uh, sell slightly used one, two, three-year-old, nicer, higher-end cars. Maybe some of the brands that aren't always sold in Fort Wayne, like Range Rover and Ferrari and Lamborghini. But we also have some everyday cars, too. Um, I have Lange Optical. Uh, it was a business that started in Fort Wayne back in 1939. And uh, they were the place that made glasses. They had a, an office downtown with a bunch of people in the basement making glasses almost in an assembly line. <laughs> and they came to me several years ago and, and not doing so well. There's a lot of competition in the eyeglass world. And I figured that I could get involved and, and offer some business expertise and some marketing. And again, I'm thankful that we've been able to turn it around. We've added a new store. We've upgraded our lab substantially. Um, there's, of course, the Clyde Theater, which mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. Uh, it's a very, very amazing sounding theater. It was built in 1951, designed by the same architect that designed the embassy and the Lincoln Tower. And uh, it was a movie theater for a long time. Started as a 2400 seat, very glamorous, beautiful theater. I've heard so many stories of people that had their first date there or had some meaningful date there. And uh, it set dark for many, many years. And, and a young fellow bought it at a tax sale for $500. Oh, he approached me a few years ago about being involved to turn it into a music uh, hall. And, and we did and got much deeper into it than I thought we would, but it's one of the most prestigious and most incredible sounding halls in the whole Midwest, if not the whole country. We've now had nearly 80 different bands through there in just a little over a year we've been open. They all are raving about it. The audience is raving about it. And uh, even though it's much more money than I wanted to spend, <laughs> I'm just thankful that, that it's so, so successful. And you added on a little restaurant next to it, too. We did. We just opened five weeks ago to the club room at the Clyde. And uh, it's a place that you can go either before the concerts or after the concerts or, frankly, any other day of the week. We're now open seven days a week. Uh, also on Sunday with a brunch, and it, we're, we're doing comfortable food, and, and uh, it's a, just a really friendly space to be in. It's very music-oriented. There's a lot of sports bars in our community, and they do a great job, but I want to do something with music. So if you come in, you'll see beautiful custom art by local artists, and you'll see a strong music theme and just really good quality food, and it's family-friendly. Something that I know has been on your mind lately uh, is... Uh, the arts in general in Fort Wayne. I know you're on the board of the Philharmonic and you've done a number of other uh, musical ventures in the city, your, your, own, uh, your own offerings and the like, but you really, uh, uh, you've really been involved in the arts in general in the city, whether it's the, as I mentioned, the Philharmonic, but the ballet and, and, and uh, the theater, a number of other offerings all together representing pretty much the whole Arts United uh, uh, philosophy of, of trying to bring something to our, uh, to our community from an arts perspective. You've recently um, been involved in an endeavor that's going to be uh, quite a magnificent undertaking as far as downtown Fort Wayne and what we're trying to accomplish as uh, Incre as a way to increase the quality of life of our community. Can you spend some time talking about what's going on in that arena? Well, arts 
from my point of view, and I think should be from everybody's point of view, are so important. If you could just imagine for a second going to a movie and having no sound or no visuals, and, and uh, clearly business is important, human welfare is important, but you balance that all out by having arts and arts in our community. And um, I'm very thankful that we have a great arts community. We have the oldest um, arts uh, commission, if you will, across the whole country. And, and uh, they've done a great job of supporting organizations that maybe would have a little bit harder time supporting themselves directly. But uh, I also take a little credit for it. With 1,700 employees here in Fort Wayne, most of them are musicians. And so they're very involved in our community, as are their spouses. And, and a lot of times those are creative folks, too. And I know we've added to the arts culture in Fort Wayne. And there's more live music going on in our community than there is any other community of this size in the country. Uh, the music in our churches is better than most churches of cities our size. And I could go on and on from the theater and to ballet. And I'm just thankful to be in a community that appreciates arts. And I'm thankful to be in a community that's enjoying watching the arts get better and better in our community. And uh, just very appreciative of, of everybody being so supportive of it. And there's a lot of great stuff to come. I, I'd like to really put you on the spot right now. Uh, you and I have talked about a number of accomplishments of yours and a number of areas that you've ventured into, in, in many cases, helping organizations to survive. If it had not been for your input and your wife Lisa's input, they may not be here today. Uh, but I know that, and you're, you're all over the city as far as helping different organizations uh, and the like. What would you say uh, was your best accomplishment besides your, your wonderful daughter? I was going to say my 12-year-old daughter. Thank you. I knew you Thank were you. going to say that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And, and you know, it, it takes a team. I, I, I feel bad taking any credit for it. Uh, there have been a lot of great projects that our whole community has, has stepped up. I mean, the most recent one that I'm really proud of, of course, is the Boys and Girls Club. That started as a relatively small campaign. And before we were done, we'd raised over $9 million. Mm -hmm. And we were able to build a brand-new building out on Fairfield Street, which is where it ought to be. And I think about the, the thousands and thousands of young people that are going to be helped over the next several years. Uh, I'm just really excited about that. Those young fellows and, and young, young, young men and women, uh, quite often they go to a single parent home after school and maybe mom's working one of her jobs and, and not there for that leadership and support that they need versus they can come to the Boys and Girls Club and they'll get help with their homework. They'll get professionally loved on. They'll get an official USDA meal, maybe sometimes the best meal of their day, sadly. And and then mom or dad can pick them up at the end of the day. And, and I just think the investment we're making in those young people is just going to be huge and pay huge dividends going forward. One of the things you've told me on several occasions, and I've heard you tell others the same thing, you and Lisa are in a position to be able to give back philanthropically. And I don't know how many times you've told me that you you're so blessed to be in that position. But you, I think you also remind people, and, I, and I, you've talked to your staff about this, you know, just, you don't have to give back monetarily to give back to the community. I guess maybe this goes back to your days in the Boy Scouts as well. Uh, anybody can, can give back uh, 
one way or another. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be uh, in a financial position uh, to give back. Uh, there are so many opportunities to, to increase the quality of life of our community. I, I've heard you talk about that. Can you uh, expand on that at all? Absolutely. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, everyone that's working a job in, in this community, we're all very fortunate, very blessed. We've got a roof over our heads. We're probably getting three meals a day, probably driving a car of some sort. And we all have a responsibility and, and hopefully a, a willingness uh, to give back and help others. There are many people that are in a situation, sometimes not because of their own choosing. You know, we're all, we're all only one accident or one mistake or one bad incident away from, from being in the opposite position. And I just think all of us have a responsibility to give back, help others. And it's the right thing to do. And frankly, it also feels really good. What a way to finish the show. Because it is all the time we have today. Chuck, I want to thank you so thank much you. for spending a few minutes with me. And thank you too, to all, your list, all of our listeners for, for tuning in today. It is another great day in the city of Fort Wayne. Let's keep the momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry. Have a great rest of your day.